This is Emmanuel Today, taking steps toward God's possible in your life. It's now time for you to sit back and prepare for insights on your walk with Christ. Let's join today's message right now. Good morning, Emmanuel. Jesus is risen from the dead. That's what this day is all about. Happy Easter. Woo! I saw so many different uh, bright colors today already and little kids dressing up and uh, gathering together and perhaps you've got plans today to gather with friends or with family for food and it's all about the resurrection of Jesus. I want to just say welcome home and uh, welcome back. Some of you, this is your first Sunday back to church since the pandemic began. Welcome back. Maybe it's your first time ever to church because somebody drug you to church today. Well, welcome home. On the count of three, I want just everybody together to say welcome home. One, two, three. Welcome home. It's great to be in the house of God. It's great to be gathering together with friends and family. And I want to celebrate the great news of Jesus because he's alive. And today's title of my message is real simple. It's the resurrection equals hope. It's not just a story or a holiday, but it actually equals hope. And whether you're in Elk River, Maple Grove, Spring Lake Park, or you're Emmanuel at home today, we all can join together with people around the world. For there are people all over the world, in the villages of Africa, in homes huddled away in China and in Russia and South America and all over the world. There's people in the city of Minneapolis and St. Paul. There's people in the rural regions of Minnesota all gathering together to celebrate one Savior. His name is Jesus. Can I get an amen to that? And listen, it's not just about a resurrection for one classification of people or one socioeconomic status. Jesus came for everyone, and that is the good news. And if Jesus can rise from the dead, anyone can have hope through Jesus. He is literally the verified blue check Messiah. Can I get an amen to that? He is the one that is the real deal, and we get to celebrate him. This moment that we're all talking about worldwide was planned from the beginning. It was planned from the beginning. In fact, the word Messiah that was talked about in the Bible literally means the anointed one. That's the Hebrew word, Messiah, for the anointed one. It was a figure that would come. But did you know that in the Greek and the New Testament, they use that same word in Greek, is the word Christ. Some of you thought Jesus Christ, Christ was Jesus' last name. No, it wasn't his last name, it's his title. He's literally the Messiah that was talked about from the beginning. And there is a story before the moment of his resurrection that you need to think about. If this were a Netflix TV show, you would have heard today, previously on the Bible, there would have been something happening before the moment of Jesus' death and his resurrection. In reality, from the creation in the book of Genesis to the people of Israel in Egypt, there is a fantastic account of God reaching out to rescue people from the powerful grip of sin. Sin had destroyed individual lives, relationships between family members, it had unleashed ethnic genocide, and ultimately separated people from their creator. 
And the problem was is that all the rules and the laws that were designed to change people's behavior couldn't change their hearts. Even religious rule followers struggled to battle the effects of sin. And this is still true today. Even with all of our ideal laws and efforts to overcome hatred and evil, changing people's hearts is only Jesus' job. We can't do it on our own. The changes of elections and the officials that get into office and education and developments in science and philosophy and technology aren't healing the wounds inflicted as the result of sin. No matter how we try to protect the next generation of kids, we still see the painful reality of murder and selfishness and hatred in the toxic air that we breathe. This is why the prophecies in the Old Testament began to see the hope in a figure called the Messiah. We needed somebody other than what we see to change our world. And they began to drop prophecies about the one that would come that would turn everything around. And he would do what no one else could do. And that's why Jesus, God's son, was sent into the world to rescue what we cannot rescue. Jesus was put on the earth as a little baby. He lived a sinless life and he went everywhere, healing the sick and communicating good news to people who are outside the classifications of privilege. He talked about a different way of living. Everywhere that he would go, he would preach about a different perspective called his kingdom. In his kingdom, things would be different than everything everybody else had ever known. In Jesus' kingdom, people would serve each other. Forgive when others sought revenge. In Jesus' kingdom, his followers would have common ground no matter their socioeconomic standing. They would be ethical in their practices in their life outside of the church. They would be good neighbors. In fact, they would care for their neighbors. In fact, this is a good moment to recognize that you've got neighbors around you right now, people that are sitting close to you. I want you to turn to somebody that's close to you and just say, I care about you. (laughs) But see, Jesus the Messiah cared about people so much that his love compelled everyone to be different from the inside out. It wasn't just a love, it was something supernatural that was different. His kingdom made people think different. And everywhere that Jesus would go, you look at the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're all accounts of Jesus' stories of him interacting with people. He would set demonically possessed people free. He forgave the thief on the cross next to him. He communicated love to outcasts and people who considered the wrong, were considered the wrong ethnicity by society. And I love the story in John 4 where Jesus actually goes out of his way to go into a town in Samaria that the Jews would not go to. And Jesus went out of his way to reach somebody that nobody else would go to. In fact, it was a woman who was out getting water at at the time of day that others would not go because she wasn't allowed to be in with the rest of society in her town. Why? Because she had been married five times and the one person that she was living with now was not her husband. And so society had pushed her away and she went lonely to the, to the well. That's where Jesus meets her. 
And Jesus is not put off by what we've done or what we've been through. Jesus intentionally goes out of his way to reach people just like you and me. And while he's talking to this woman who's looking for temporary refreshment with the water, he says, listen, you're going to something, you'll have to keep going here every day, but I can give you living water. I can give you a different future. I can give you a fresh start. Did you know that Jesus gives people a fresh start? All the things that you've gone through don't cancel you out from the promises that Jesus has for you. He brought his hope, and you are a candidate for fresh living water too. You can have a new beginning. Turn to the person next to you and say, you can have a new beginning. Well, the the impact that Jesus would have would extend beyond even his life. If you think about it, all his followers, when Jesus rose from the dead and he he ascended to the Father, now there's these group of people left behind, of which there are now millions worldwide. But the impact of Jesus' love in people's lives compelled them to do things that others would not. They started the first hospitals, the first universities. They established orphanages around the world, taking care of kids who had no family. And yes, there were others that misused Jesus, but I want you to catch those that truly followed him. Jesus actually turned people's stories around. Instead of taking from society, they were now giving to society. And I believe that he still wants to do those things in our stories today. But Jesus still had to take one major step. He he met people, he healed the sick, he gave hope to those that had none, He reached people outside of the lines of society that others would not reach. But Jesus still in one major step to bring us hope in every century. He had to die on the cross. He did this to take our penalty for sin. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. In other words, we could not experience Jesus' hope without Jesus' death. His death took our sin. You know, sin destroys me, and sin destroys my relationship, and sin destroys my purpose and my plans. But Jesus takes my sin from me, and when he died on the cross, that's what he did. He he died a brutal death, and we celebrated the power of the cross on Friday. On Friday, he died. And he was actually buried. Look at that account in Mark chapter 15. It says, this all happened on Friday, the day of preparation, the day before the Sabbath. As evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea took a risk, and he went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Joseph was an honored member of the high council, and he was waiting for the kingdom of God to come. Pilate couldn't believe that Jesus had already died, so he called for the Roman officer and asked if he had died yet. And the officer confirmed that Jesus was dead. So Pilate told Joseph he could have the body. And Joseph bought a long sheet of linen cloth. And then he took Jesus' body down from the cross, wrapped it in the cloth, laid it in a tomb that had been carved out of the rock. Then he rolled a stone in front of the entrance. So Jesus literally died and he literally was put in a tomb. And a stone was rolled in front of it. This was a horrible, difficult, earth-crashing moment. If you had been around Jesus, 
You thought the movement was moving forward. The crowds were growing and everybody, everything was up and to the right. Everything, the stock market was at an all-time high, if you will. And yet when Jesus died, it was all gone. He's dead. And I want you to consider that in the gap between Friday and Sunday, that there's an allowance for life's pain. For every one of us goes through pain at different parts of our story. Loss. Perhaps your loss was you never really got to have a great family experience and you feel the loss or the pain or the scars from that. Perhaps you've lost a loved one in the last year and you feel the pain and the loss. You're caught between Friday and Sunday. And Jesus allows for in his story the lament, the feelings of our pain. You know, when you come to church, maybe you hear the celebrations and the stories and the testimonies of people that have overcome. But did you know that every one of us goes through times of sorrow? But we don't weep as those that have no hope because of Jesus. In other words, yes, we experience the pain, but we experience the pain differently because Jesus joins us in our pain. Even though the psalmist says, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. Why? Because you're with me. Literally, Jesus wants to join us at the lowest points of our story. He wants to join us in our pain. And that lament Jesus cares about. Some have anger in your heart and you've pushed away from God because religious people hurt you or misrepresented Jesus and because of it, you pulled away. Some people, they lose a sense of who they are. Maybe something hit them. It was just one year ago that we entered this whole pandemic season. One year ago on Easter, I was preaching to a camera There were no real people in front of me other than the camera operators. Everybody was at home. And we were plunged into a year of loss, loss of our routine, loss of our jobs, some of us, loss of school and life and hope. Many of those that were depressed got worse. Many of those that thought they had something and lost it or kind of thrown into a tailspin and they didn't know what to do. And I want you to know, even in this middle, in the middle of this year, Jesus wants to join us in our pain in that gap. Can I get an amen to that? When hope seems lost, remember this. Jesus understands and feels your pain. Ultimately, the cross equals love. It equals love for you. It wasn't just, I'm going to take away the sins. It's an easy thing to do. He actually did this for you but he won't leave you there. There is always hope with Jesus. On Matthew 28, on Sunday morning, it says, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone and sat on it, and his face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the woman. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified, but he isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come, see where his body was lying. 
and now go quickly and tell his disciples what he has, that he's risen from the dead, that he's going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. There's this supernatural event. And the women who are in their mourning, they had brought spices and other things to, to commemorate. It's like decorating a, a tombstone or a gravesite. They were coming, and now Jesus is alive. And it's a supernatural event, the earthquake that happened, and the angel speaking, he has risen from the dead. But it wasn't just a miracle for Jesus. Jesus' resurrection is not just for him. In fact, his resurrection is a direct message to every person on the planet. Your inbox has a message from Jesus. Jesus is alive, and he is your hope. He is your hope. In 2,000 years have gone by since this moment plus. And Jesus is still the only one who resurrects hope from the dead. He calls us from our tomb of pain, our hopelessness, our bad decisions. And he is the only credible, time-tested truth that is our hope. He is verified. Jesus is not just a Messiah. He's your Messiah. He is your Messiah. Jesus appears first to women, then to the disciples, then even to confused people on a road to to Emmaus because Jesus intentionally interrupts people when he's alive because he goes out of his way to let them know he cares about them. I love the story of two particular ones, Peter and Thomas. Peter was this disciple that spent time with Jesus And he was always the most emotional. He would make the biggest statements. I'm never going to deny Jesus. And Jesus says to him the night before, "Uh, you're going to deny me before the cock crows three times in the morning. And Peter says, never will I do that. How many of you are like that? I'm, you, you, you had that moment when you were a kid or you're going to turn things around or you're going to lose weight this year. (laughs) And, uh, and you hit that moment, I'll never, by willpower, I'll stop it from happening. Sure enough, he denies Jesus three times. And sometimes when we fail in the middle of our pain and our failure, we give up on ourselves. But Jesus didn't give up on Peter. For after he rose from the dead, he actually goes out and spends time with Jesus, or with Peter. And Jesus walks up to Peter and, and he, he spends time with him. And he asked them three times, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? And it was as if each of those three questions canceled out his denials. He says, then feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. In other words, I have a purpose for you beyond your failure. You know, sometimes we get so hung up in our failure, we don't recognize Jesus is calling us out of our failure. We gave up on us, but Jesus didn't give up on us. Jesus steps in and he restores hope to those that have failed. I love that about Jesus. The other one was Thomas. Thomas was one of the disciples that was analytical. Uh, Some people call him doubting Thomas. I don't know if it was just doubting. He needed the facts, if you will. He needed to know what was going on in analytical. How many of you know someone in your life that's analytical? So those people, you've been in church and... If you've been analytical and you're like watching all these crazy people sing and shout, and you're like, I don't know if it's for real. It's just emotion. 
But Jesus reaches to those kind of people too. How many know he's pretty intellectual? He's the creator. He wove things together. It's the highest idea in literature, really. But Jesus allows Thomas to approach him in his doubt. And after Jesus appeared to the disciples and Jesus had already risen from the dead, Thomas had said, I won't know him or believe it until I see the scars in his hands. Do you realize Jesus actually still had scars? Because he still identifies with people's pain? But of course he walks up to Jesus, Thomas does, and he sure enough touches and sees the wounds in his hands. He recognizes that Jesus is real. And I love this about Jesus, our risen hope. He is hope for everyone, not just the simple, but also the complicated. That he understands us and he knows where we're at. He's our Messiah. And by the way, there are no perfect people. And Jesus loves all of us. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm not perfect and neither are you. <laughs> Your story is sacred and valuable no matter what you've done. And because of Jesus, you can have hope. The resurrection equals hope. Say that with me. The resurrection equals hope. I want you to hear Minta's story. Minta had a pain, and her pain turned her into moving away from God. But Minta had a moment with Jesus, the Messiah. The resurrected, living Jesus stepped in and made all things new. I want you to listen closely to Minta Geisler's story. My name's Aminta Geisler, and I've been attending Emmanuel for a little over two years. I grew up in an awesome Christian home, loving parents, but my story really starts about 10 years ago. And I was newly divorced, and I was a single mom of two, and I was really broken. It had been a really long, hard road, and I was frustrated that God hadn't healed my family the way I thought he should, and I was scared to be on my own, and I didn't have a job or money or anything, and I was so angry at God because I thought that if he loved me, he would have fixed all of that, and you know, his plans are different than ours often, and so I, in rebellion started running as far away in the other direction as I could from the Lord and I chased everything that the world tells you is going to make you happy so I went to parties and I bought nice clothes and I tried to become famous um, in my career and I looked for money uh, in people and I just made such horrible decisions and a few years into that I hit rock bottom which is funny because I thought divorce was rock bottom, but really life apart from God was rock bottom because I was lonely and depressed and I had no hope, nothing to hope for. And so I remember one day falling to my knees and saying, God, if you will take me back, if you will let me be your child again, I will turn my life around and I will run after you and I will tell everybody about your grace and your goodness because now I realize how badly I need you, God. A half an hour later, a complete stranger invited me to church. And so I said yes. I said yes to handing my life over to God and that 
was my moment. And I literally just felt a flood of grace and love, forgiveness wash over my body, and I feel like I just caught fire. I got so excited about my new start, and I started reading my Bible for over an hour a day, and I could not stop talking about it. I mean, everybody I ran into, I couldn't stop talking about what God was doing, and I invited people to church, and I kept studying my Bible, and. I just watched God not only heal me, but use the hardest parts of my story to start to impact the people around me. So all these things were going on, and about that time, our son started attending Emmanuel to the youth group, and he caught fire here. So about two years ago, we made the leap and came here and just loved it and immediately felt like we were at home. We love the heart of this church, and we can see why God brought us here too. Because two years ago, my friend Melody came to me and she said, Minta, have you ever heard about Breakfast Club? There's a breakfast club out in St. Michael, and they feed kids a bunch of food before they go to school, and then they actually get like a 30-minute talk on the Bible. And kids come, they have 350 kids coming in St. Michael. We gotta bring that to Spring Lake Park. I was like, yes, we do. And it was amazing to see how God provided for everything else with that yes. We had 40 kids show up that first time, and it was so cool to see them all crowded in my house. We had moved all the furniture to the garage. Because the whole premise is we want kids to know they matter. They matter to us and they matter to God. It's been amazing to see what God has done with our guests for Breakfast Club. We've had over 200 different students come to Breakfast Club. We've had 25 kids accept Christ. You're never too far gone for God. No matter where you are, what you've done, what has gone on in your life, He will take you and He will rescue you and put your feet on solid ground and He will use the hardest parts of your story for others' good. And the second thing is that if we have the courage to say yes, He provides everything that we need. You are never too far from God. It's a powerful statement. Minta said that for her, she thought that divorce was rock bottom, but separation from God was rock bottom. Separation from God is what puts us in that place where we're running our lives ourselves, trying to control things ourselves, and we're tired doing that. But you can have hope in Jesus, the resurrection today. And I don't know who you are, I don't ever know everyone's story, I know that Many people came because someone else asked you to come. Some of you came back to church for the first time because something in you said, I need to be back in church. But I certainly don't want you just back in church. I want you right with Jesus. I want you to have a relationship with Jesus. Because listen, only Jesus can take care of what's on the inside. Only Jesus can give that pathway into your future with hope. And we can trust in Jesus. I'd like to ask you on each of our locations to stand with me today. We have a couple more things in the service, but nothing is more important than the people that have come to church today or joined us online that need Jesus. And I, I want you to just close your eyes now that you're standing. Nobody's looking around. Just close your eyes, a private moment. If you came today and Jesus is speaking to you and you know I need to go back to Jesus. Maybe you once walked with Christ, but you need to go back and let him be your Messiah, your Lord and Savior. This is your day. Perhaps you've never put your faith in Jesus. 
And you came today and you're like, you know what? I'm like Peter or I'm like Thomas or I'm like the woman at the well. Whatever your storyline is, you can come to Jesus today. Don't push it off to tomorrow. Let your new yes start today with Jesus. Nobody's looking around, but I want to pray with you. And if that's you and you need to give your life to Jesus or you need to come back to him, I want you to just put your hand up in the air and I want to pray with you right now. I don't want to move on in the service. You say, I need to give my life to Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. There's several hands all around the room in the balcony giving their lives to Jesus, saying, I need Jesus. I, I admit it. I need him. I need, to, I need to give my life. I need to put my hope in Jesus, the resurrection. Yes, 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 yes. Dozens and dozens of hands, people giving their lives to Jesus today. I want to now take that hand that's in the air and take the next step and pray. And so I want to lead you in a prayer, and you can pray this prayer out loud after me. I'll give you words to say, but you got to say it, and you got to mean it from your own heart. As you talk to Jesus, and you come to him, and you touch the scars in his hands, and he identifies with your pain, but you have to surrender to him. So I'll give you those words right now, and just pray these words after me, and everybody else, you can join right in. Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came to the earth. You died on the cross for my sin, and then you rose from the dead. And I know that you're alive. Today, I surrender to you. Please forgive me of my sin and make me new. I choose to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Somebody give the Lord some praise. Easter Sunday, I love it. Hey, I want to just take a moment. If you prayed that prayer and you meant business, this isn't, you know, just a show, but you, you know that you need to really follow Jesus. I want you to take that next step and continue to follow him. Let that hope be a part of your future. And if you would, at the back of uh, the, the chairs in front of you, right where the yellow card was for the Kingdom Builders, there's another card called the Connect card on there. And if you prayed that prayer, either you're coming back to Jesus or you're giving your life for the first time. If you fill out that card, I wanna send you a book on your next steps of following Jesus. And, uh, and I, if you just fill out an after service, all you gotta do is either, well, prayer teams that will be up front, volunteer teammates that will be up front, ready to pray for any need. And you can give them one of those cards or you can drop it in the giving box in the lobby or give it to one of our door hosts. We would be happy to take that in. And by the way, if you're gonna go on the journey, then tell somebody about it today. Say, hey, you know what, I prayed that prayer and I gave my life to Jesus. One more time, would you give it up for everybody that just prayed the prayer and they gave their life to Jesus today, amen. Thank you for listening to Emmanuel Today. To learn more about the many ministry opportunities we have throughout the week, be sure to check out emmanuelcc.org.